0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to AwakenChurch.com. But I want to read this verse just to start because the title of my message is called Authority. Woo! Part one. On. Part one. Authority, part one. Part two is coming. Uh, it's already written. Just gonna figure out when my wife's gonna let me preach it. <laughs> I love in uh, Matthew 11, uh, verse 28, it says, Come to me, all who are laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke upon you, learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In this season, I want you to know that we need to Just give some stuff to God. Some of us, whether it's just the times or whatever, it's starting to get a little heavy. Starting to get, that burden is getting a little heavy, and God's saying, no, 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 I need you to give it to me. I want to open that. Before we go into prayer, the importance of prayer and authority, we just got to get some stuff off our back. Saying, give it to me. Where the world wants to dump it on you, make you feel heavy. That's why mental health is the thing right now. Depression is the thing right now. All these things are like, how do we support our family? Oh, man, how do we navigate this? How do I go to work tomorrow? What are they going to do? Are they going to judge me for being a Christian? Should I even wear a Jesus shirt? Oh, my gosh, what if I wear lions not cheap? Are they going to judge me? <laughs> uh, I want to wear that hat, you know, but I better not wear that hat. You know, it's like we have all these burdens of what the world yeah, right. is saying to us. And God's just saying, give it to me give it to me. I'm going to take that. Right. I'm going to take it. You don't need to be carrying that. And so today what I want to talk about is, is prayer, the importance of prayer, why it's necessary, because it's changed my life. I grew up in a great Christian family. My mom and dad, amazing Christians. Man, they prayed over dinner every time. You're like, man, we wouldn't, you know, we came around that family table and there was always prayer. And uh, then before I went to bed, there was always prayer. My mama always prayed for me. Thank goodness for a praying mama. But I just never knew anything. Like I wasn't trained on prayer You know, no one told me I need to be praying. I'd be like, you know, every time I got in trouble in high school, I'd be like, Jesus, just help me. I promise if you get me out of this situation, I will never do that again. I mean, anyone ever pray that prayer? That was my authority prayer. That's what I knew. That was pretty much the bailout, help me, now Jesus, prayer. Um, Or if I knew my mama said, your dad will be home at 7. I just knew... That meant I was getting the belt, and I'd be like, Jesus, what magazine can I shove down my pants that my dad will not know? Those are the real prayers, people. When you're 15, that was legit. But I'll, I'll never forget that when I came and met Pastor Juergen, and I went to my first prayer meeting before the church started, I walked in like this going, oh, oh. What is going on? I'd be back back in the room going, (laughs) and then always someone in the back, you know, just get you by the arm, like, so glad you're here. I'd be like, oh, can't even sneak out of this place. But I would leave there totally offended, meaning these people are crazy, and I'd be back next Wednesday. I don't even know why I'd go back, but something felt right, but why I'd leave there offended and crying every time, and then I'd leave, it was like a yo yo. I would call my mom every time. Thank goodness I was a mama's wife. I'm like, Mom, this, 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 this prayer thing was crazy. Church hadn't even started yet. It was just a prayer meeting. Pastor Jurgen says, the engine room of the church is the prayer. We're not, kick, we're not starting a church until I know God releases this to start it. We're doing a prayer meeting. So every Wednesday night in his house was a prayer meeting. Every Wednesday night, how I got going there, I don't know. But I, I just kept being called back, totally offended, because I didn't know how to pray. I leave there going, whew, whew, I do not understand this. They're praying in tongues. This has got to be offensive to me. I was definitely raised against this. I'm like, Mom, should I go back? She goes, you need to go back. Your language is changing. Something's changing in your heart. You need to go back. And I was like, man, between Pastor Ergen and my mom, it was like I was going back. (laughs) But let me tell you something. I saw such radical things in prayer start to happen. I could never discount what God was doing. I never saw anything. My parents, after 32 years, got divorced. And I'm going to be honest, and I love my mom and dad, but my dad was never trained. He was trained as a Marine. He was trained for battle. He was business savvy, but no one told him how to pray. No one shared with him how to pray. No one shared with him what authority and prayer looked like. And I watched the devil come in and ransack an incredible family after 32 years of marriage. I'm going to tell you something. When I came to this church that started in prayer, founded in prayer, would listen to Pastor Juergen about the power of prayer. Every single year we preach a series a whole month on prayer. That's the series we're in. My life is completely different because of prayer everything radical that's happened is because of prayer yeah. everything and, and let me tell you early on i'll never forget and many of you know the story and i'll make it as quick as possible but i had a buddy call me didn't even go to our church because we were too crazy and he said hey i need you to come pray for me i'm in the hospital i said yeah i know i saw the prayer circle chain emails and i said uh bro just because i go to that church doesn't mean i know what i'm doing and he goes no there's something different about you. I've been friends a long time. I need you to come pray for me. I said, I just told you, bro, just because I go there doesn't mean I know what I'm doing. I'm barely hanging on as it is. So I called Pastor Juergen. I said, hey, remember that guy we went out to lunch with a week ago? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, he's in the hospital and he thinks I'm going to come pray for him. I, you need to come pray for him. This is your fault. And he goes, listen, Pastor Juergen's like, I'm at LAX on the way to Australia to preach. I, I don't care. What do you want me to do? And he goes, "I'll oh, call Pastor Mark. That guy that just showed up from Australia on Sunday that I shook his hand, I don't know him. He's going to think I'm crazy. And he goes, no, that guy knows how to pray. Yeah. So he gave me his phone number. I called him. I said, hey, Pastor Mark, I know we met on Sunday. Oh, you're Dr. Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, my friend's in the hospital. Uh, and he goes, no problem. What time do you get off work? I'll be there. What? Who, who does that? Uh, yeah, 630. Good. I'll be there. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> That 6 nice 6.30, he rolls up, we drive, and he goes, yeah, I got a word for your friend. He's going to get healed. Come on. I'm thinking, okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> whoa. That's a little overconfident, bro. <laughs> 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 And all I can think of is, oh, man, you don't know this guy's wife. You're in deep trouble. Oh, don't, don't be talking like that. I mean, literally, we walk in the hospital room. It's a couple friends from the connect group of the of the church, and then mom and dad, and then wife, and my buddy's in the bed, and he walks in, talk about authority. He goes, anybody in here uh, not believe that he can be healed? Uh, and if you don't believe it, you can leave the room. I'm, oh. It's too much. That was too aggressive. Too aggressive, oh, I'll never be invited back, okay. Okay, and then he goes, man, I got a word out of Isaiah. Boom, drops the word. Everyone stretch out your hand. We stretch out our hand just out of fear of him and the Lord. (laughs) Stretch out our hand. And he starts praying like a general. And I literally, never forget, I still get choked up about it. Because I remember just crying. And I'm like, what is my problem? My testosterone levels are perfect. I don't know why I'm crying. I open my eyes, and everyone's bawling. And then he goes, good, when they come back in, because this is that night, uh, what are they doing next? Yeah, they want to biopsy his kidneys. Total failure the last four days. They said, get your wills in order, get your stuff in order, get your house in order, because both of them are failing. And uh, he says, good, don't do the biopsy, take the blood. Watch what happens. They took the blood report. They said, oh, I'll never forget. The wife said, well, we're going to do the biopsy. The doctor says, I don't care what the doctor says. I'm telling you, do the blood, it's gonna come back normal. They do the blood test, came back normal. Creatin levels normal. They said, sorry, we made this mistake. They did it again. Sorry, we made a mistake. Do it a third time. Four different blood tests. He was released the next day. They changed churches, and now those are campus pastors John and Becky Hindricks down at Balboa. And let me tell you something. Pastor John walks in an authority. People get healed all the time. I love it. At a pastor's conference, Pastor Jurgen just said, I need you to get up and pray for these pastors. And so as all pastors in a congregation like this. He said, any of you that you have ailments, I want you to get up on the stage right now. We're going to pray. And you get two of them got totally, fully healed. And I could tell their theology was just getting messed up. And John was dropping boss, just teaching on authority and the power of healing right out of scripture. And I just watched heads melt boom, but you can never take away that miracle from him. He knows the authority that he walks in. He knew the authority. Pastor Mark walked in. It changed me forever. I left that hospital, and we get in the car, and he goes, Do you feel that? I'm like, I don't know what I felt. And he goes, that was the power of God. And I'm like, man, I've never felt that before. And I said, I want what you got. And he goes, well, you better start reading about prayer. I devoured every book he told me. I got those books. I started getting into the Word of God. I got prayed for. I went straight to pastor. Union. I said, pray for me right now. I need that anointing. I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I got to get rid of my religiosity. I want to, I want to be done with how much knowledge I have about religion and, and this. And I just want to be free. I want a relationship with Christ, which I thought I had. But I wasn't talking to God. I wasn't praying to Jesus. I would just say the emergency prayers, the 911 prayers, the guilt and shame prayers, the Lord help me prayers. But I didn't know the power of prayer, I didn't know my authority, and I saw it for the first time and it changed that entire family's life. Since then, that's how, what an insecure kid, growing up in church, knew I was going to heaven because I knew Jesus, I asked him to be in my heart. But I didn't know lordship, I didn't know power, I didn't know authority, I knew religion. Wasn't until there, we started a prayer meeting in my house, five guys, we all stared at each other, didn't know what to do. It was very awkward so we drank multiple espressos and uh, then we were shaking and staring at each other and uh, finally next week i asked pastor mark to come down he goes i don't get up that early so we moved it back a couple hours so he came he prayed for us i'm telling you it was like nothing i've ever heard and i heard god speak to me for the first time and it changed my life forever we started a prayer meeting i used to have my neighborhood call the HOA on me, because all these cars at 5 a.m. would just start rolling in. It's like the bat signal, and then all of a sudden, all these people. And I'll never forget my first big lesson was my neighbor, who was hating on me all the time, turning me in. I'm like, I'm going to take him down. I'm going to, you going to mess with me, Lord's anointed. I'm going to, and then the Holy Spirit's like, pray against your enemy. Pray that I bless him. I'm like, I'm not going to pray that you bless him. I'm going to bless him right out of my neighborhood, but I got so convicted that I started praying for him. All right, Lord, if you said it, I'm going to do it. Bless him, bless him. Four days later, a for sale sign goes up. <laughs> I walk out, and I'm like, what just happened? And he goes, oh, you wouldn't believe it. My wife got this huge pay increase. We have to move this weekend. What about your house? And he goes, yeah, Target bought it. They're just going to sell it for us. They want us. They need us immediately. I'm like, you're out? And he goes, today. <laughs> it's like, I need to pray more. <laughs> Taught me a lesson. So listen, I want to just teach you authority. The house I live in now was a radical encounter that I was so embarrassed. I lost a friend over it. I talk about it all the time. My own real estate agent didn't have the faith for it. And I'm having, I'm like, I know that was a dream from God. I prayed over this house. I just read the book Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. I'm out circling that house. I'm in front of that house. My wife thinks I'm crazy. At the time, as a young business professional, that price tag on that house looked radical. And then exactly how God told me to go after it is exactly how I got that house. Yep. And no one believed it except my mama. Thank God she's a real estate agent. She came down and represented me. Because of that, the, the uh, other real estate agent, who was Catholic at the time, didn't even go to church anymore, went back to her faith, got her whole family going back to church because she knew only God could have done what he did. Now, years, years later, I'm in the same sort of funky circumstance, but it's a bigger number, which takes bigger faith, which takes me freaking out a little bit and just believe in God. If he did it once, he'll do it again. My faith muscle is different this time. But when we operate in that area, it's because prayer builds something on the inside of us prayer matters. I did not understand the power of the more we pray, it's the more that flex faith muscle starts to build up on the inside of us. And I'm telling you, it's not airy-fairy, but it is powerful. So I want to read a couple things to you and really understand Jeremiah 33:3. One of the primary purposes of prayer is to ask and receive from our heavenly Father. So, if you go to if you can go to verse 33, is it up there? Oh, it's right there. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I I want you to hear this and show you great and mighty things. Here's the thing. If you're not seeing great and mighty things right now, I'm going to ask you, what are you praying for? I need us to build a faith muscle as a church. That we can move mountains. It was funny yesterday, I was doing a wedding and I'd walked in on Friday uh, to the Santa, Ranch of Santa Fe Inn and I saw County Supervisor Jim Desmond there. And man, I recognized, I walked right in. I said, Hey, sir, I wanna thank you for everything you're doing. I wanna thank you for being bold. And he was telling me, I said, What are you doing right here? And he goes, Oh, it's a reelection campaign. And he goes, I'm the most hated supervisor right now by the other board. And I said, Well, listen, they don't know what's coming because uh, I'm Pastor Matt of Awakened Church at San Marcos, and I'm going to tell you, there's an army of men and women that know how to pray that are righteous. And I said, you're going to have a campaign that not only stands for what, the right things, that's called righteousness, which is the right way of doing things. And I said, they're never going to see what's going to come after them. And I said, so you better bring us in on some strategy because we're going to give you kingdom strategy. You do all the stuff that, who's this? And he goes, Oh, this is my son. Good, God bless you. Use all that. That's called Wisdom. But we're going to show you what kingdom looks like. And he literally, I could tell, was grateful and like, what the heck is happening? And I just started dropping everything that we are about to do. And we're going to show up and start fighting. Cause, and, and listen, it's not about we're getting like political. No, no, no. We're going kingdom, which is freedom. And when you take away freedom and liberties, we're not a bound up underground church. We're in America because of our righteousness. Righteousness. And our freedoms for liberty. And we gotta fight for it. We're those Christians. And when you learn how to pray, things will shift in the supernatural. When you shift it in the supernatural, you start to walk in greater wisdom, and God will reveal things to you in the natural. So listen, there's a lot of things we can pray for, but I want there to be expectation. What is the purpose of prayer? The primary purpose of prayer, just so you understand is to talk with God, to fellowship with your creator, to ask and receive. It says, seek first, in Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are we seeking the first thing in the morning? What are some of the first things? Where are our thoughts going? Does it go to fear? Does it go to lack? Does it go to scarcity? Or does it go to prayer and let God start to wash over you? So I just want to give three quick steps. Practical, because I want this to be practical, because I'm a practical person. I'll do it if God can show me. And guess what? I had friends show me. And then as I got into it, I saw things. When you come to men's prayer, it's Tuesday at 530. Okay? We have over 250 men. We just, we just split, so we're going to be Bressy, which is Carlsbad and San Marcos, 5.30. But listen, if you came at 6, come at 6. If you come at 6.30, come at 6.30. If you only can stay for five minutes, one minute, ten minutes, the whole time, I don't care. One drop from heaven can change everything. You might be having negative thoughts, and you're like, I just need to drive in there. You drive in there, let God move on your heart, drive right out of there. This isn't a start and finish time. We just respect time because we got some businessmen up in here. That's 7 a.m. We'll be done sharp. We're starting at 530, talking about God's stories and miracles and stuff like that to build faith. And then we get in and we get dirty and we teach men how to war for their families, for their kids, for those sort of things. So step one is abide in Christ. What's abide mean? It means to bear, to want for, to accept, to endure. We got to fight for that relationship. We want to abide in Christ. What does that mean? See, we wonder why we do not see more answers to our prayers. Yet God promises that when we call, he will answer us. See, what happens is, what are we looking through? Or is it our own desires? See, God is interested in building our relationship with him more than we can do for him. He doesn't need you to do anything for him. Just needs you to be in relationship with him. So understanding. See, I read this uh, book, A Better Way to Pray, by Andrew Womack. And in his book, he gives insights. He points out that the heart attitude behind your prayer interests God much more than the actual words you say. Wow. A lot of men are afraid to come to men's prayer. You're like, oh, I don't want to be put on the spot. Oh, I don't want Dr. Matt to call me out. I don't want to. <laughs> Listen, I'm not. God just showed us how. Yeah. Like the last samurai, we train men to operate in power with authority, yeah, right. to walk in a humility, but know how to pray. This is how you equip yourselves and I'm not excluding the women. You're on 730 and 9 with the ladies on Thursdays. I just know what men lead, and men need to step up and lead their families. It's amazing to see my little girl. She'll be like, no, 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 Dad, I want to pray for dinner. And she's sitting there praying. She goes, oh, yeah, we prayed for someone in kids' church that came in and wasn't feeling good. We laid hands on her prayer. I'm like, who are you? And then Wednesday night is the first time this has ever happened. Wednesday night, we're like, listen, Tuesday night, I took them to their first Padre game, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, and then they were up late, and I'm like, hey, um, tonight, kids, you guys are going to stay home. And they looked at me, what? I'm like, yeah, Mom and Dad, are gonna, we're going to go run church. No, Dad, we're going to church. No, you guys are tired. You had school today. School tomorrow a long day. Dad, we're going to church. I said, listen, you're not going to church. You're going to stay home. Dad, we're going to church. You can't stop us. And I'm thinking to myself, in my entire life, I never said that to my family. I used to say, I'm not going, leave me alone. I'm not going, and my kids are going, we're going. And I looked at my wife like, oh, look at Maverick. He looks so ticked. (laughs) And literally, he put his little sippy cup down, walked off, and he goes, I'm gonna go tell God on you. (laughs) I'm like, okay, okay, now you're playing the God card. You're definitely staying home. It's too much authority. It was like, we, we laughed all the way to church. And my, my little daughter's borrowing the, you know, nanny's phone, like death threat FaceTime. I hope tonight it's not that good. I hope, I hope God really talks to you. You should have taken us. But here's the three theme verse in John 15:7. Just want to give you a theme for this point, abide in Christ. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Get the word on the inside of you. Here's my focus question for you. What steps might you take to spend more time in communion with God in the morning or at night? Are you talking to your creator? that created and designed you? Are you having a conversation? It doesn't have to be this formal prayer that we can get so religious about. You just wake up. Say, God, I need to hear from you today. That's how it started for me. God, I need to know what the heck I'm doing. God, I need a little wisdom. I got employees that I got to figure out how to navigate that look to me for, I have patients that are looking for miracles and healings and that are trusting me with hard-earned money. God, I need something extra. Lord, I need something today on how to lead my wife better because it didn't come with an instruction manual. <laughs> it, meaning marriage, not my wife, all right? Man, you should have saw the women just stink eye me. Oh, oh, she called me it? She called your wife it? I'm texting Michaela right now. Yeah. You know, I always uh, I love Socratically to ask questions. When you pray, do you always get the desired results that you're praying for? you get it most of the times, many of the times, some of the times, few of the times, or never at all? Wow. Where are you? What are you praying for? What are you asking for? What are you believing for? Amazing. People, you know, they want to be so humble, like, oh, I don't want to ask God and burden them. He's just waiting up there trying to bless his kids. You have not because you. It's amazing. Got to start asking. Got to do radical things. And even if your ask is a little off, he'll help you navigate that. Right, that's right. He's proud of you where you're at, but he wants you to believe for bigger. He wants you to believe that your marriage can be blessed, that your kids can be blessed, that you can go after that. You are worthy. It's amazing. So many identity crises because they're not talking to the father that created it. They don't know who they are. Right, right. I love this. You know, God's word says... You know, we got to step out. When Jesus was cursing the fig tree, he spoke to that tree and got the desired results. It dried up. Didn't have the fruit, he cursed it. It dried up. What's important about that, it teaches his disciples about faith, about believing, having confidence, and not doubting when they prayed. He kept emphasizing in Mark about the need for them to believe when they pray. Not just throwing out a wish, See, a couple things I really want you to understand is don't be interested in prayer. Be committed to prayer. A lot of guys were interested in my wife when she was single. I was committed. I got the ring on the finger. A lot of people are interested in being successful. They're just not committed to it. A lot of people are interested in prayer or church. They're just not committed to it. I don't want to be interested Christians. I want to have committed Christians. Your prayer life matters. God's trying to speak to his kids. The Apostle James says that we will get nothing from God if we waver. In James 1, 6 through 7, it says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Have faith in God alone. I love it. it. Says. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave to the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Listen, it's so important because the apostle James is trying to get nothing from God. He's trying to tell you, listen. And if you go on in James to 5, 16, it says this, the earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Just believe. It doesn't matter where you start. I didn't know nothing until I was 30. I came to this place. In Mark 11, 24, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Have you been receiving consistent answers to your prayers? Literally, when I had my first prayer about my first house, I went back every day to make sure God was on the right target. I was tuned into the right station. Because it was so radical. And every day he answered me. And it built my faith. Till finally I made the phone call. If you want to live in that place, listen. It's not just because I'm a pastor. This was before I was a pastor in 2012. I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. That's why we start with God's stories, because it rattles people's beliefs. In men's prayer, I start with God's stories, because if God will do it, him, do, it if do it for him, he'll do it for you. If he'll do it for him, he'll do it for you. If he'll do it for her, God will do it for you. It builds faith on the inside. I have so many pastors that even come to men's prayer, and they go, I needed that today, because they're dry bones on the inside. They want to see a move of God in their church. And I said, just get armor bearers that believe like you do. Don't be the lone survivor. Last thing is stand on God's word. Got to stand on his word. Got to stand on his word. Jermaine Copeland, the author of uh, Prayer That Avails Much. Two books, I recommend it for everybody. It's just promises of the word of God that you read out over and over and over and over, over your kids, over your family, over your life prayer that avails much it was a series that developed powerful prayers that are directly based on the word of god it helped build something on the inside of me i didn't wake up one day and know how to pray one day i'll never forget when god said hey lay your hand on that guy's shoulder and pray for him and he was in my prayer meeting like this i could tell he didn't believe it's from another church, he thought this was all thing. I went to go lay my hand on his shoulder, and the power of God hit him so hard he landed on my couch. I was like, "Oh, all the people, dear Lord, God, why did you? Ju- oh, oh my, oh my, man!" He jumped up, looked at me all crazy. I mean, it was just the wrong person. Man, I never saw him at prayer again until five years later. He rolled up into Balboa Men's Prayer. Is the first thing when we got the Balboa campus. Pastor Juergen drove straight over to me, and he goes like this at my office. I'm like, what's that? And he goes, the key to Balboa. I'm like, for what? And he goes, well, it's my key. It's for you. I said, why? He goes, men's prayer. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He goes, well, it's mostly for your marriage. If you wake your wife up anymore at 5 a.m., she says she's going to kill you. I said, oh, thank you, Pastor. That's a good pastor. Some of you aren't laughing. That's a true story. He said, this will save counseling money, and it surely has. Great key. So I moved prayer instead of my house at 5 a.m. where I'd be so pumped of all the miracles. I'd run upstairs, and my wife would be like this. I hate you. She needs her sleep, okay? Solid eight hours. You wake up my wife at 5 a.m., you're a dead man. But a lot of grace. She never swiped me. That was good. But it was amazing because he came back five years later, and he sat there, and he kept raising his hand for a God story. I knew he looked familiar. I was so nervous to call on him. spirits call on called up and he goes this is my first prayer meeting back in five years and then i go oh no (laughs) and the guy that brought him the first time was there and he was like a kid in a candy store shaking like tiger happy it's gonna be awesome (laughs) and i'm like sweating now and he goes yep i could have swore that when this guy prayed for me he punched me but he never touched me i was offended i left there i said that can't be real can't be real but I've lived with that moment for five years. I'm a leader at this other church. I've pressed in and God has spoken to me over and over and over again. That was my power, that was my power, that was my power. So I'm back today to humbly stand before all of you to say I was wrong and I'm here to learn how to pray. I wanna tell you something, that guy turned into one of my mightiest, fiercest leaders that stated that other church his God spoke to him. He wrote a book on prayer. It's one of the greatest books on prayer. I give it out all the time. And I'm telling you, God shifted his life because of one moment, one moment, but he didn't quit. I thought it took him out, he'd never be back. And guess what? It did take him out in what I thought, but he came back. And I'm gonna tell you, it forged something on his heart and I've never seen a more mighty man. His whole family shifted, changed, learned how to pray. He teaches thousands of men now how to pray because of one encounter. I'm gonna tell you, don't let the power of God scare you, intimidate you. He's giving you all authority to walk in that same power. I'm telling you just that standing on God's word means this. In 2 Peter 1 by his stripes we are healed. He supplies all our needs in Philippians four thirteen. Call and he will answer in Jeremiah 33 three. The prayer of faith heals the sick, James 5.15. We ask and should, well, shall receive in Luke eleven nine 9 through 10. Go on a CSI study of the Word of God and get those verses and repeat them over and over, over your life, no matter what your circumstance. See, in Romans 10.17, it says, that, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. See, when I started this journey, I would write them out. I went through all these promises. I had 40 promises. I would then write them out. See, when you read a promise, it works on a neural pathway in your brain. When you speak a promise, it goes in a different way and triggers another part of your brain. When you kinesthetically write a promise, it goes to a third part of your brain. You want to wash your brain with the Word of God? All three. Speak it, read it, write it. Speak it, read it, write it. If I can get believers to get the word of God in them, in their brain, wash it over the world of fear, the world of worry, which my friend says is temporary atheism. Some of you got that. That's good. That's good. Thank you for the laughter. I needed that. But we got to wash, renew your mind. There's a world that's trying to brainwash us, to take faith out of us. And if you don't have the word brainwashing you back to neutral, to bring some power, to bring some revelation. How are you going to ever operate? See, I grew up with a lot of Christians that they always had the sob stories. And then people think, oh, you just need church because it's a crutch. When I come to this church, there's no crutches in this place. I'm going to tell you something, no churches in this. We don't build up crutch Christianity. I look at mighty warriors every Tuesday. I look at mighty women of God every Thursday. I see what happens in this place every week. I want to tell you, that book of miracles, let me tell you, when I became a pastor, you know, my first, this is how doubting I was. I went right to that book of miracles to make sure there was really stuff in there. I mean, I had some religious problems. I'm like, they better be sure. If I'm going to represent, I opened up, I was reading all the prayer requests and began Weeping. And I just realized the weight people believe that thing gets thicker and thicker and thicker. And then I ask people to send in their prayer prayer miracles because I wanna celebrate those. We do not take that book of miracles lightly. We believe if you've had a a, a breakthrough, a marriage restored, you need to shout it from the mountaintop because there's a world of people that need to hear your victory. They need to hear your victory. We gotta rise up, we gotta get the word on the inside of us. I'm gonna say it one more time so you hear this. In 2 Peter 1 through 4, it says, He has given us His great and precious promises in His Word. So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We gotta schedule time to get with God. You gotta get those books, Prayers That Avail Much. The step four, which I don't have time for, is just praying in the Spirit. One thing that changed my life is, I'll never forget when Pastor Juergen prayed for me and I hit the deck. And I was laying on the ground and I said, I don't believe in this. Why am I on the ground? (laughs) This goes against everything I believe. I got to get up. Next thing you know, I'm crying. I'm on the ground. Power of God hit me. And I'm like, this is so lame. Why are you doing this? You don't agree with this. This doesn't go with your biblical theology. You weren't raised this way. I mean, I had all this religious stuff going. And I just felt God say to me, what is wrong with you? Just chill out thinking to myself, was that God? I wouldn't know. I didn't know his voice. I wasn't in his word. But I laid there and I feel burdens break off. I felt healing come. I laid there and I felt peace come upon me. I'm going to tell you, I got up. It forever changed my life because I felt a weight lifted. I didn't know I was walking around with all this knowledge with all this Bible knowledge. I was in my brain all the time. I wasn't in my heart. I wasn't allowing God to move in my heart because I had all this biblical religion in my, in my head, which didn't serve my family. How was it serving me? It wasn't. I had my own demons I was wrestling with, but in a moment of vulnerability, my pastor who loves me prayed for me. Power of God hit me. And even though that messed up my thinking, I laid there and I let God do a surgery in my heart and heal up some things. I'm gonna tell you just a few weeks later, I was prayed for, got the gift of tongues, which I was totally against. My grandpa was Lutheran and Baptist. My mom was freaking out going, oh dear Lord, what happened? I said, mom, you won't believe it. Praying in tongues, oh my gosh, do not tell grandpa. I'm like, well, mom, you love Jesus. Why don't you go have a conversation with Jesus? She goes, fine, I will. Guess what? Hours later, she's calling me crying. She was on her way home. Power got hit her in the car. Here's this sweet little Christian lady, loves Jesus. And the power of God hit her revelation, the gift of tongues. My mom, who's too afraid to tell her daddy. Started a cancer ministry, praying for people and women getting healed all over the place. My mom is a powerhouse to be reckoned with. It's changed my whole family, but I had to get religion out of the way. I had to get my beliefs out of the way. And then I got in the word and read it for myself. What a revelation. Instead of all my teacher in Bible college telling me what I needed to believe, I read the word of God for myself. Changed everything for me. When you pray, pray in the spirit between you and God. I'm going to tell you, it's a whole revelation. If you've never been prayed for, if you've never been through our DNA, if you haven't been onto our altar call, this is where your life gets altered. I have a full ministry team that wants to pray for every one of you. Every one of you has that gift. And the devil doesn't want you to have it. He doesn't want your intimate relationship with Jesus to go any further. If he can just get you, even if you got saved, oh Lord, just keep him saved because I know so many Christians that are saved but doing nothing for the kingdom. They look like the crutch Christianity. So who wants to be the, that's not the light to the world. People want to get around people that are on fire and passionate that they see God move. And I want some of that. They all want some of that. That's the type of Christians that we're discipling. So I want you all to stand to your feet and I'm gonna pray for us. And it's baby steps. You know, when you go to a restaurant, there's a really good steak. No one's forcing you to eat it all. I mean, I highly recommend it. <laughs> I don't want to offend vegetarians, but you know what I'm saying. I'm a meatitarian. But I want you to know that no one's forcing you. You, you take bite size of the kingdom. God knows what you can handle. But all growth happens outside the comfort zone. God is going to put you in things to help grow you, to help stretch you. He doesn't want in a year from now, six months from now, three months from now, a year from now, you to be the same version of yourself you are right now today. God is going to bring people in your life that are going to put a calling, that are going to unlock somebody. Every one of you have that something special that God's trying to unlock to take you to the next level. Through prayer, you will get there. That is your muscle. It could just be one conversation with another person that unlocks them. It could be one young lady's experience that boldly started talking about that helped unlock somebody else to get their healing. Your voice matters, and the devil's a liar. So I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you. And I want there to be an impartation of faith that rises on the inside of you, that you'll make a commitment just to talk to your Father who loves you, that you'll press in, maybe equip yourself with prayer. I know business guys all the time, they'll go study anything and everything on business, but yet when it comes to the Word of God and and prayer, they're not really sure. Just listen, order every book you can on prayer. Prayer Revival by Dr. Cho, largest church in the world. On Prayer Mountain, there's 50,000 people at any one given time, 24 hours a day. Prayer Evangelism by Ed Silvoso changed my life. God's generals, another one, the prayers that availeth much. Whatever it is, equip yourself. Read the word of God. But Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for everyone in this house right now. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're rising up a bold church. God, I thank you right now, Lord, that the only ceiling over our life is the ceiling that we've put there, and we break ceilings today. God, I thank you for your favor, your power. God, I thank you for your anointing, your revelation. God, I thank you for the men and the women that have a calling on their life to be more to step out in faith more. God that you'll direct their steps. Lord that those promises they will believe and hold on to. That no weapon formed against them will prosper. God that they'll believe that their marriage can be restored will be restored. Is being restored under the sound of my voice. That their kids are coming back to the house of God. I thank you for all the young people that have a voice and a calling. That God that can use their talents. God that everything's going to, to point to glorify your name. I thank you, Lord, for the men and women that have dreams and aspirations that aren't just going to stay with the status quo and be comfortable where they're at, but you're going to stretch them to do more. God, I thank you for all those leaders that have people that work for them, that they inspire them to do more, to leave legacies for those families, that no one just has a job, that, God, that you are calling us to greater things. I thank you for the great state of California, that you're redeeming it, that the men and women in this house will not be quiet any longer, that, God, we will be bold voices, That, God, we will love our neighbor. We'll pray for our enemies. God, we'll pray for those that offend us. That, God, we will be unoffendable. And, God, I thank you right now that our hearts, we guard our hearts. You show us how to guard our hearts. Lord, so we do not get sucked into the world and become bitter. So, God, we just pray for if anyone needs to forgive somebody that's offended them. Lord, that you'll soften their hearts. They'll believe again. They can trust you, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, as we open the altar, people will come down and encounter you, maybe for the first time. Let them be inspired to commune and have a conversation with our creator. And for those of you that have never given your life to Jesus, see, Jesus came and lived as a man, lived a perfect life. He hung on the cross for every one of us to redeem mankind. You can't work your way into heaven no matter what somebody told you. You can't be a good person and think you're going to heaven. There is a heaven. There is an eternity. Hell was never meant for any of us. All we have to do is say, God, I I want you in my life. Jesus, I need you. I believe in you. I want you in my heart. Show me the way. It's just a conversation between you and the Lord. Raising your hand doesn't get you into heaven. Jumping through hoops doesn't get you into heaven. All you're saying is, Jesus, I want to know you thank you for dying for my sins. I repent. I ask that you forgive me. And God, I ask, Lord, that the rest of my life, you show me the way and let it be the best of my life. And God will start to lead you. He will bring you back to true north. He will heal up your heart. You can encounter him. All you got to do is ask for him and he will be there. Don't get caught up in religion. We're not. Jesus didn't come to start another religion. He came to bring freedom. He came to sow his life for every one of us that we can live in eternity together. And listen, there is an enemy that wants to make sure that doesn't happen. Not only is he our savior, he's our Lord. One thing is saved for eternity. The other part is Lord. Learn his lordship. That means learn his authority he's given you. You'll do greater things than I, says the Lord. After he sends, he's on the right hand of God, sitting on the throne, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. Your Holy Spirit isn't a little dove on a wall or a picture. It's actually the Trinity. The Holy Spirit can work in and operate through you when you receive Christ. That Holy Spirit is your helpmate. He's going to help you and guide you. We need you to press in. Listen, if you gave, you made that prayer, you're like, I want Jesus in my life. Don't do it alone. I don't want you to put a seed in your heart to grow and it falls on stony ground and then the enemy comes to snatch it up. You leave here. Someone cuts you off. You lose your ish. And then used to go right back. Let us help disciple you. My friend right here with this sign says, following Jesus. Rick he's an amazing man he has a whole team we have a response lounge it's really nice it has lights and and there's lots of Bibles and a following Jesus book we just want to pray for you it's that easy the devil will say oh don't go down there you don't need that Bible you got one somewhere no 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 he doesn't want us to equip you it's like going through training listen I want you to be all Navy Seals in the spirit this is part of it let us pray for you let us look after you let us give you a Bible, even if you already have one, give it away. Let us give you a book called Following Jesus, like kind of like a cliff notes where to start. Let us equip you. I don't want you to be wimpy Christians like I was for 30 years. I want you to be a Christian with authority, with power. That just means a believer of Jesus. Something in you got you up this morning to get you here. Let God complete a finished work. There's something stern on the inside of each and every one of you. He loves you so much. Celebrate life together. Break bread with each other. Some of you have the gift of hospitality. When you start to fellowship with one another, healing comes. Don't isolate. We're a family, whether you know it or not. Whether it's in prayer or cafes open seven days a week. Now We, don't, we just want you to come and be a part of something supernatural. Guys, yesterday, Mike and Brett, they took a bunch of us and took a shooting because that's their skill set. Equivalent a bunch of men. Now we got women all mad at us, and so now we gotta take all the women. But thank God, God gave them a dream to do this range to equip the saints in the physical, and they have a gift for it. And it was a lot of fun. Some I mean, of you need to have some fun. My favorite quote is: once you lick the lollipop of mediocrity, you suck forever. I don't want any of you in this house to lick that lollipop. So listen, I want you to take someone to lunch, enjoy it, fellowship together. We live in one of the most beautiful states. I want us to pray together. Men, I'm charging you, come on Tuesday. Have an incredible day today. Pray for this city, get our fast, get on chart. Whatever you wanna do, get involved. God, we thank you, Lord. I was just stalling because I felt the Holy Spirit moving on hearts. It was intentional. Holy Spirit, do what you're doing right now. I know you're bringing healing to people. I know you're bringing forgiveness to people. You're softening hearts. Empower us today. God, I thank you for your word today. We love you. We honor your mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakend Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.